very thankful, Sister Gaddy, that you were able to make it too. And uh, uh, I appreciate it. They pastor a wonderful church in Cabot, and he's he's very much in demand. He probably wouldn't tell you that, but I will. He's very much in demand to speak all over the country and world, and I know it's not easy to be away. And so thank you for taking time and your schedule to come be with us. We very much appreciate that. I'll never forget driving uh, home from Because of the Times, uh, in 2010, we were driving home, and uh, my wife and I called Brother and Sister Gaddy on the phone, and we had a conference call from car to car. Uh, we put the phone on speaker and put it on the, the console beside us, and we had a conference call, and we began to talk to them about our burden to come to Jonesboro to plant a church here, and Brother Gaddy was, was very excited about that, and told me it was one of the cities that they were targeting, and so uh, we began to put things in motion for that. God did a lot of wonderful things uh, to get all those, uh, to get everything in order, all of our ducks in a row, and in on January the 2nd of 2011, we had our first meeting as Sanctuary Church, and we did that in our home, and uh and we worshiped in our home for about a year and two months. And you have very interesting things that happen when you are having church in your house. Y'all know about it. And um, some of my favorite memories, I'll never forget the day that Ella got in the... We, <laughs> we would move stuff out of the way in the living room so we could have church. And so um, we, ha- we thought we had hidden. We had a little dog kennel thing. <laughs> We thought we had hidden it away where nobody would see it, you know, except Ella found it and climbed in it. And that we we nicknamed that the nursery. That was our very first nursery. And uh, and we have a picture of that. It's wonderful, wonderful time, wonderful memories. Um, I remember one service I was preaching and I was I was up there just really getting with it. And as I was preaching, there was a a doorbell that rang. Ding dong. And uh, everybody looked at me kind of, what do we do here? <laughs> and I think everybody was thinking, I, it was self-preservation, I think. Everybody was thinking, how odd are we going to look when that door opens and they see us all like this sitting <laughs> in rows. And uh, I opened up the door and and uh, guy could immediately tell something was going on. And, and we laughed a little bit about it. But I, I remember that. I remember a lot of wonderful things. I remember because because I'm I just didn't know I don't know any better and and I'm not I hear some people talk about planting church and and they're so much more knowledgeable I think than I am and I just knew that when you went to church you had to wear a suit. So I remember getting up, going in the closet, getting ready on Sunday morning, putting my suit on, opening up the door from the bedroom and stepping into the living room. And I was at church. <laughs> and then summer came along, and it was so hot, and it was hard to keep the, the air conditioning just right. And I and I finally backslid and said, Lord, if it's okay with you, I'm not going to wear a suit on Sunday mornings for a while until we have something else that we can, we can use. Uh, just a lot of wonderful, funny memories, great memories, some of the most cherished times of many of our lives. And uh, I... I 
I say thank you in large part to Brother and Sister Gaddy, uh, both for their help. Uh, he is the North American Missions Director for Arkansas, which means he was instrumental in us getting all this set up. I thank you for that, and I thank you for your example in uh, going to Cabot and planting a church and being just a hero, a mentor, and a friend to us. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate and love y'all both. We thank you for being here today. I know we've clapped for them, but could we stand together right now as he comes and give the Lord a hand clap of praise and thank God for the ministry this morning of Brother Gaddy. Let's clap to Jesus, shall we, right now? Put your hands together. Come on, Jesus is worthy of praise today. I worship you, Lord. I praise your name. You've done great things, Lord Jesus. You are faithful and you are true. Praise God. Praise God. I was glad when they said to me, Let's go to Jonesboro. Amen. I'm glad to be in church this morning. How many of you are glad you're in the house of the Lord? Why don't you turn and tell somebody that right now? Shake their hand and say, I'm so glad to be in church. Amen, amen, amen. And once you've done that, you may be seated. Amen. To this great congregation here in Jonesboro, happy birthday to you. Four years as Sanctuary Church of Jonesboro. What an absolute privilege it is for Stacy and me to be here today. Uh, we are thrilled for you, and we're thrilled for what the Lord is doing here in this church. Now, I could wax all nostalgic right now and take you back to what I was feeling the first time I ever walked onto this property, but you've probably heard preachers get up here and say stuff like that. I am just so grateful for what God is doing here at this church, and it is indeed an honor to be here this morning uh, in this great assembly, and we have looked forward to this for quite a while. Uh, it is also good to see Sister Bonnie Hendricks. I had the privilege of pastoring Bonnie a number of years ago. And uh, Brother and Sister Johnson, good to see you. And I give honor to uh, Dub and Bonnie's mother, Sister Johnson. Great to see them. And I sure love your pastor and his wife. Aren't they tremendous people? Aren't they great people of God? Amen. And this is not just the Mutual Admiration Society here. I will tell you what my wife and I have said privately and publicly to others for many, many years. Now, you have some of the finest leaders in Kenneth and Erica O'Connell here at this church. And uh, they have uh, drawn around them other leaders. And that's the sign of a good leader when you can uh, raise the level of leadership in other people. And so I also want to give honor to all of our uh, the team here people that are helping lead. I want my wife to come up and say something. I love my wife, and I will say this. Uh, I could not have planted the church that we planted without this gal right here. And no matter how great your pastor is, he could not do what he has done without Sister O'Connell. Amen. God bless you. Amen to that. 
it is, I will say what my husband has said, uh, it really is an honor to be here on a special occasion like this. Uh, we enjoyed the drive up here. We felt like we were heathens driving past all the churches having um, services, and here we are driving on the road and realizing, wow, normally we're in church right at this moment, but we actually got to stream and watch our service, so we got to be a part of our service and yours, so we're doubly blessed this morning. I want to tell you, when I came into the property and I was here for your dedication, I think that's the last time I might have been here, but the thing that comes to mind is just first class. And I want to thank you for that, for, the, for driving up into um, the driveway, being greeted at the door. The smiles, the handshakes, the music is wonderful. Everything looks clean. And sometimes it's just good to hear that from an outsider that you all have done a good job in the first class in your attitudes. But above all, the worship is so beautiful. And I'm telling you, people come in through the doors, and I'll be emotional, but they come in through the doors and to be met with that wonderful presence of God. And not only is he here, but your hearts are lifted to him, and your worship spills over to the person next to you. And when someone comes in and their heart is dry and hungry for the Lord, that without one preaching of the word, your worship is affecting them. And I want to commend you for that. We're so excited to be here today. We love the O'Connells. A little secret that you may not know. But our church, of course, like many churches, they don't like when their pastor is gone. However, whenever we would say, and it's not been too often because the O'Connells can't leave that, that often from here, but whenever we've had them in Cabot, people say, oh, that's okay, Brother Gaddy. We don't mind if you're gone. <laughs> so the O'Connells are loved and respected so much at our home church as well. And uh, so maybe we can trade off again since we've come here. <laughs> But I just want you to know they've been a blessing to our church as well. And so thank you for allowing us to be here today. There is a powerful precedent that is seen in the very first page of the Bible, and it is this. God is. Everyone say God is. God's spirit moves and God speaks. We see this in creation, in the very first act of the Lord. God is. The Bible says in the beginning, God. Somebody asked me one time, well, when did he start? He just is. He always has been. God is. And then his spirit moves. The Bible says in verse 2 of Genesis 1, the spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the deep. And then God said. I thought of that as we were in worship and the great singing that's gone forth. There has been a move of the Holy Ghost today. God is, God's spirit has moved. And I'll tell you what I believe God wants to do right now. God wants to speak. God wants to speak to every single person here this morning. And I'm anticipating that. I wish you would stand with me, please. And we're going to go to the word of the Lord. I will invite you to look at Psalm 100 with me, please, if you will turn to Psalm 100. I also want to say a big hello, although I don't know if they're in here, but to uh, the first children of Sanctuary Church, Asher and Nora. Uh, they are wonderful kids, and they come from good stock. And uh, I want to give honor to them. They're just great, great kids, and I appreciate your kindness. Can I just tell you this? You can never be good enough for your pastor and his wife. You can never commend them enough, not because they're full of pride and they need their ego stroked, 
But you know what? It was a man and a woman of God that helped bring us to salvation. And it was a man of God that stands between us and eternity. And I thank God for the role of a man and woman of God. You know, I've thought for quite a while now, we're going to get to the word, but this is the first part of the sermon here, specifically with a church plant. I have found over the years, and this is not just locally at our church in Cabot, but different churches that my wife and I have had the privilege to be at. There's some ways that I think people need to be connected to a local church. Have you ever heard anybody say, and, and don't point if you've said this or don't indict yourself, but have you ever heard anybody say, I, I don't need a local church. I, I watch the TV preacher. That's all the church I need. I, I, I don't need to be a part of a local church. You want to know why that's such a fallacy? Because there are things in the Word of God. There are commands given in Scripture that can only be accomplished when we interact with other people. That's the power of the local church. And yet I believe that God wants us to do more than simply attend or exist at a local church. I believe he wants us to be connected to a local church. How many of you know we need to be connected physically to the church? What does the scripture say in Hebrews? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together after the manner of some is. In the last days, it will be increasingly common for people to forsake that. I want to say, and just go on record along with your pastor, when you're not here, you're missed. You're missed. We need to have that physical connection to the church. How many of you know we need to have a financial connection to a local church? This pastor right here is able, I think this is true, to be full-time pastor here at Sanctuary Church. You are so blessed to have a pastor that can devote full-time attention to the work of God. That is no discredit to bivocational pastors. There's many there that, that fill that role in America today. But thank God for a full-time pastor. And that is made possible through people financially giving. And so you know what I do? Let me tell you how I quantify that at the end of the year. And this is the heart of a pastor here right now. I get my contribution statement that I get from the church, and I look at what it says under tithing, and then I get my W-2 that I got. And I ask myself, is what I show as tithing to that local church 10% of what I just made on that, that tax form? And if it's not, I need to practice that in my life. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord rests on those that prioritize financially connecting to the church. Amen. Uh, that, that's a part of it. Amen? Amen. That's a part of it. And by the way, that's not a part that preachers need to be squeamish and ashamed of. This is not a money grab. This is setting us up for success in the kingdom of God. I want the blessing of God on my family. How many of you want the blessing of God? Well, that's a promised blessing from the Lord. Amen. And so let me just encourage you to be connected financially to the church. But I also believe people ought to be connected spiritually to the church. Amen. Abiding with the spirit, uh, the, the principles taught, the culture of the church. And you have a very good culture. That is evident here. But being connected that way. Turn to someone around you and say, I want to be connected to Sanctuary Church. I want to be connected to Sanctuary Church. Amen. Let's look at the word of the Lord. If you have a Bible and someone around you does not, would you just share your Bible with them right now? How about that? Just show yourself friendly. In fact, if you have a Bible, hold that Bible up. I want to see where, you, where the Bibles are. 
You know, increasingly, as I've asked that question over the years, it has changed. Because about five, ten years ago, when I would say, hold your Bibles up, everybody hold your leather Bible. Everybody's got an actual Bible. Would you hold that up right now? All right, everybody that's got a tablet, would you hold that up right now? Everybody that's got an iPhone Bible, would you hold that up right now? <laughs> Isn't it amazing how culture is changing? And then there's sometimes I'll be at churches and ask that, and people will just point at the screen. I hope you have your own Bible. So let's look at the word of the Lord together. I'm reading out of the new King James Version. The psalmist says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. Oh, that's a great statement right there. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. Would you say that with me? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. It is from the fourth verse that I want to lift my subject matter today, and that is simply this. I'm preaching on the key to everything. Would you say that with me? The key to everything. Would you turn and look at someone and say, we're fixing to find out the key to everything. Amen. In just a few moments, I believe God is going to fill this house with his presence. And I believe there's going to be a great number of people that are going to fill up the front of this sanctuary. And from side to side, from front to back, there's going to be ministry person to person. And God is going to be glorified in what happens in this house today. How many would agree with Brother Gaddy that's going to happen in the name of Jesus? I wish you would set your Bible down and lift up your voice to the Lord. Let's declare it as so. Heavenly Father, today we stand in need of you. Today, Lord, we need to hear what the Holy Ghost is going to say. I pray that you will just drive every distraction out from this house, Lord, and let there be a glorious filling of your Spirit. I pray that people will be filled with the Holy Ghost and refilled with the Holy Ghost and energized and healed by the presence of God. Let it happen in the next few moments in this church, Lord. And for that, we're going to give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing and for following along with me in the word of the Lord. I want to go on record at the very beginning of this message to tell you that I want to be a giver today. I want to live my life as a giver. I want to come into unison with the vision of this church for 2015, and that is to give. I want to rise to this pulpit today to tell you that I not only want to be a giver of finance and a giver of talent and ability, but I am here, I believe, in the will of the Lord today to help us and the Holy Ghost come alongside us to teach us to be a giver of thanks. 
Giving thanks is good for us. Giving thanks is therapeutic for us. Giving thanks will lift our spirits. To be a giver of thanks will actually help us sleep better. (laughs) Some of you are going, I could go for a little more of that right now. In 2008, there was a study of over 400 people that found a very strong link between gratitude and a good night's sleep. With grateful people, thankful people, enjoying better sleep quality, less tiredness during the day, the ability to fall asleep faster, and a more normalized sleep duration. And so, if you are here and you've had trouble sleeping lately, when you lay down in your bed later tonight, or you take one of those glorious Sunday afternoon naps, I want you to stop long enough to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my church. Thank you for the power of your spirit in my life. I could have been somewhere else. I could have been hooked on drugs. I could have been despondent, depressed, and suicidal. But I just want to stop and say thank you. I don't want to get so used to being saved that it gets old to me. But I want to rise in my spirit and say, thank you, Lord, for all of the blessings that you have brought my way. Come on, somebody just thank him with me right now. Somebody just lift up your voice, lift up your hearts and say, God, I want to be a giver of thanks. Be a giver in the area of thanksgiving is a subject that is oft mentioned in the pages of the Bible. It was in the law of Moses that sacrifices were to be made with thanksgiving. Everybody say with thanksgiving. The ancient Israelites offered thanks because God had remained ever faithful to the covenant that he had made with their ancestors at Sinai. They offered words of gratitude and sacrifices of thanksgiving for all of God's saving acts. It was our ancestors, the pilgrims, who modeled their thanksgiving celebration, not after some custom from England, but after the biblical harvest festival called the Festival of Booths in Leviticus chapter 23 and chapter 29. It was at the dedication of the temple in Jerusalem that Solomon, the great king of Israel, called Thanksgiving the one great feast. Kings spoke of Thanksgiving. King David wrote in the book of Psalms, and he said in the 95th rendition, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. We read it in our text. We ought to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We ought to come into his courts with praise. It was this same man named David that said, oh, 
Give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. And it was almost as though he didn't quite get the point across. I know preachers in here have had this. There's been times I've preached, got done preaching, went to my office, and all of a sudden the thought hit me. Oh, I wish I would have said that. I forgot to say that, and it was as though David felt this in his spirit in Psalm 107 when he stopped every few verses and said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Oh, that there would be men and women in this house on this Sunday. Listen, I know we brought needs in here with us. I know we brought a list of things that we need God to undertake it. We've got children that need to be saved. We've got husbands that need salvation. We need backsliders to come back home. But could we stop for just a few precious moments on a Sunday morning at a very real time, a four-year anniversary, and say, Lord, I'm going to push the need aside. I'm going to push the petition aside. And I'm entering into your house to do one thing, and that's to give you something that you're looking for. I am going to give you the thanks that you're worthy of. Come on, somebody. I may not have all the health in my body, but I've got enough health to be in the house of God. I may not have every answer yet, but I've got enough answers to know that God is with me on Sunday morning. Oh, give thanks. To the Lord. Every man. Every woman. How many wives in here know it's a whole lot better to cook for people that are thankful for what you cook. Honey, thank you for that barbecue chicken. Woo. Thank you for that dirty rice. You know what that makes my wife want to do? Cook more of it. What would happen if we just get real good at giving Thanks. It might be that as good as God has been for the last four years, he would look down at Sanctuary Church and say, there's a group of people that are just giving thanks all the time. I can trust them with more blessings. I can trust them with greater outpouring. I can trust them with a revival that shakes Northeast Arkansas. I can trust them with an unprecedented move of the Holy Ghost. Give him thanks. Give him praise. Give him glory. He's worthy of it. Hallelujah. Now, I have come today knowing I know several that are in this sanctuary. Some I've not had the privilege of meeting, but I want to tell you that I am quite sure that I know the will of God for every person that's breathing in this room right now. I do. I really do. And I have to tell you that to understand the will of God in my life has been an evolution. I used to think that to find the will of God, it was kind of like, if you'll excuse this example, it was kind of like this big old hula hoop in front of me. And it was swinging back and forth. And the will of God was dependent on me timing things exactly right. Because I didn't want to, ready for this? You've heard this before miss the will of God. 
as though the will of God is this carrot that God dangles out in front of us. And we got to time it just exactly right. I'm going to get that carrot. I'm going to find that will of God. And we have justified the will of God to be a place that we go, a job that we get, a person that we have a relationship with. And yet the will of God is far less mystical than that. I want you to turn to someone and say, Brother Gaddy knows the will of God for your life. So let me give it to you. Now that I've got your attention, let me give it to you. Some of you are saying, please tell me what the will of God is. I'm fixing to tell you. You came to the right service today. Paul wrote to the church in, first, in, Thess- in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And here's what he said in verse 16. Rejoice always. By the way, that's the only words in that verse. When I was in Bible quizzing, I love those kind of verses right there. Rejoice always. Verse 17, 1 Thessalonians 5. Pray without ceasing. What's Paul trying to tell us? He's trying to give us direction. He's trying to show us how to live a fulfilled, blessed life. And that entails rejoicing always. Praying without ceasing. Here we go. Nudge your neighbor and say, you're fixing to get it right here. Paul said, in everything, give thanks for this. Is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you? Come on, somebody. I may not know what job you need, but I know what the will of God is. It's to give thanks. It's to give thanks. It's to give glory. It's to give praise. That is the will of God. Come on, I'm preaching about something that can unlock the supernatural. Unlock the power of God. I believe it is the key to everything. In everything. Everybody look at Brother Gaddy and say, in the good times. Look at Brother Gaddy and say, in the bad times. How many know you got to give thanks when you're on the mountain and when you're in the valley? You got to give thanks when you have great church and when you don't have great church. You got to give God thanks when your kids are living for God and when your kids aren't living for God. In everything, in everything, in every moment, in every situation, give thanks. It is a command in Scripture. And this command has nothing to do with feeling. It is a choice that I make. Now, I think it's interesting to note that whenever God gives a command in Scripture, it is always for our benefit. I want you to think about that. If you're here and you think, man, God's pretty restrictive. He asks a lot of his followers. Do you know why he gives commands? Not so he can sit up in heaven and flex his eternal muscle and say, yeah, I'm the big guy here. He always gives commands for our benefit. Why did Paul give the command 
in the epistles to flee youthful lusts. Well, Brother Gaddy, he did that because he just wanted to run people's lives. No! It's a command given by God through the man of God to benefit us from ruining our credibility, from destroying our reputation, from getting us in trouble physically with all sorts of diseases. It is a command, and when God gives a command, it is for our benefit. And so when the Lord says, rejoice evermore, pray always, don't cease in your praying, and in everything give thanks. The reason why he wants us to do that is not because he's some needy God that we stroke his ego. He loves for us to give thanks because it blesses us. It returns blessing back into our life. It changes our outlook. In everything, give thanks. See, thanksgiving, the giving of thanks, especially in this culture today, will be a witness in the last days. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. The word perilous simply means stressful times, full of danger. Everybody say, that's today. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Here we go. Unthankful. Unholy. There will be a pervasive culture in the last days of a lack of giving thanks. I want to ask you a question. Would it be okay on your job if your reputation was, man, That gal sure is thankful. They may not say I'm the most talented. They may not say, you know, I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. But what if the world looked at us and said, you know what? I can't quite put my finger on it. But every time she has an opportunity, every time he has an opportunity, he is just talking about how grateful he is. How thankful he is. That will be a witness in the last days. We've got enough grumpy people in the world. Can I get a witness from the church? We've got enough people who say they have the joy of the Lord, but they have not notified their face yet about that. I think it's high time for us to rise up and say, God, you've been good to me. God, you've been faithful to me. I don't have everything figured out in my life. It's not perfect in the church. It's never going to be perfect in the church. But there's going to be a pervasive spirit and a pervasive culture in my life that says, Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. It's going to be counter to everything in a last day culture. But I will give I love love the power of giving thanks. Thanksgiving can turn anxiety into peace. Here's what Paul said in Philippians chapter number 4. Be anxious for nothing. Just touch somebody and say, chill out. I want you to look at somebody right now and and just look at them and say, you got to relax, dude. You know why I feel so passionate about it? Because there's times that lady will look at me, this, my wife, will look at me and say, just chill, dude. 
Thank God for a wife like that. Just relax. Sit down and breathe for a little bit. Be anxious, Paul says, for nothing. Don't stress out. But in everything, everybody say everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Here's the promise. I'm going to internally combust, I think, today. If we'll do that, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I've come, I believe, in the Holy Ghost to help rescue somebody from a pit called It Could Be Better. Yes, it could be better, but honey, it could be worse. I've come to blast away at that right now. Oh, Brother Gaddy, you don't know what's going on in my... No, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I do know that you're here. And I do know that the Spirit of God is here. And I do know that when the Spirit of the Lord moves upon the face of the deep, the Word of God can be spoke and things can happen. It might could get better, but it could be a whole lot worse. Oh, that men would praise the Lord and give Him thanks for all of His goodness. Look at somebody and say, just chill out. Make your petition known with thanksgiving and the peace of God will surpass understanding. It's going to keep your heart. It's going to keep your mind. Now, there is a passage that I will finish this message with today that has always just jumped off the page at me. I've always been amazed by Luke 17 and the story of the lepers who were touched by the Lord. The scripture says, let me give a scriptural basis for this. Luke 17 and 11, it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Now we read that, and if we're not careful, we'll push on past that and forget the significance of that statement right there. The reason why they stood afar off is they, according to Mosaic law, could not come close to Jesus. They could not. It was against the law for them to come where clean folk were. And yet when Jesus came through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, the ten lepers saw him. And can you imagine, let's just go there in your mind with me, them standing afar off as far as I am, perhaps from the back of the sanctuary, or maybe from here to the back of the building. And they see this man. They've heard about this man named Jesus. They've heard about him being a miracle worker. And they stand afar off. And something in them rises and says, it's worth a try. Hey, Jesus, we're over here. Help us. Jesus, the Bible says, spoke back to them. Get this, we're having a volleyball vocal match across the chasm. Hey, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus hollers back at the ten lepers. Go and show yourselves to the priest. Now, this had to be an awkward moment because 
According to the law of Moses, it was a little more in-depth, the cleansing process. It didn't just happen right that moment. They looked down and their sores are drying up. They had to go to the priest. Now, I'm glad. I just want to say I'm glad that I live in 2015. Because as a preacher, I would not want one of the jobs that the priesthood had in the Levitical law. Inspecting lepers as to whether their sores had dried up. Oh boy. In fact, let me show you how to just gross your pastor out. You get a big old boil on your head. You're wondering, you can't see it real good. You're wondering, is, is, it, is it healed yet? Call up to Pastor Wednesday night and say, Pastor, check this out right here. We're going back in the scripture, the Old Testament. Tell me, if, and you're going to gross him out. I'm so glad I live in 2015. But that was the job of the priesthood. This is why Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priest. They will declare whether you are cleansed. And the scripture says that the ten lepers turned to walk away. And while they went, something happened. They were cleansed. Now, I won't go into a bunch of morbid detail on leprosy. It was a horrible disease. Sores and all sorts of graphic sickness. But somewhere on the path to the priest, somebody realized in that, 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 that group of ten, hey, that wound is drying up. Something's happening in our body. Can you imagine the joy that started entering into the hearts and the minds and the spirits of those lepers? He just spoke the word and cleansing happened in my body. I imagine they were so, so excited they're now wanting to race to the priest. Hurry up and get there to, to be declared clean. They can be re- reunited with their family and they can come back under normalcy of life. And yet the scripture says that just one of them, when he saw that he was cleansed, turned around and with a loud voice glorified God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And he went back and he fell at the feet of Jesus and praised him and thanked him. Now, what happens next? I misunderstood until just recently. Jesus, looking at the one leper who was cleansed, who had come back to give thanks, said to him or asked him this question. Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Now, Pastor, I'm sitting in my office recently and I'm reading this passage and it dawned on me. Do you really think that Jesus didn't know how to count? Do you really think that Jesus forgot? How many it was that he said, go show yourself to the priest? Do you really think that Jesus didn't know where the other nine were? Or could it be, and I think scripture bears this out, that in the mind of the Lord, there is an expectation to give him thanks. There is an expectation that when I realize how good God has been to me, There is an inbred, built-in expectation that I stop the procession. 
I stop in the midst of what's going on. And I go to my knees and I say, Jesus, I thank you for your cleansing. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your outpouring. I thank you for your provision. There is something built in to the hand of God touching us that Jesus expects thanks. He expects praise. He has come looking, seeking for such who would give him praise. There is a built-in expectation for thanks. And it is because of this response that the scripture says that Jesus spoke declaring wholeness to the man who had been cleansed. And so I will finish this message today with a very clear and clarion call. God wants to do more in the next 10 minutes than simply cleanse us. He wants to bring wholeness. See, there's a difference, brothers and sisters, between cleansing and wholeness. Cleansing stops the disease. Wholeness removes the disease. Cleansing touches the moment. Wholeness touches for eternity. Cleansing touches the temporary. Wholeness restores as though it had never even happened. And could it be this unique connection between the giving of thanks Thanksgiving paves the way for wholeness. I want us to stand together for a moment. I'm going to ask everybody to stay in the sanctuary, please. I'm not holding you hostage, but I'm going to ask out of the sacredness of what God is doing right now, just to remain in the sanctuary in the spirit of prayer. I want us to talk to Jesus right now. I feel his presence very strong in this sanctuary. Would you just, however you would like, I need some saints of God to lead out in prayer right now. A prayer of thanksgiving. A giving of thanks. The thing that unlocks everything in our life. The key to everything is being a giver of thanks. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that in the midst of pain, I still have strength to be in the house of God. I thank you that although I haven't seen the culmination of my prayers yet, I thank you for what I see down the road. I thank you through the eyes of faith for what you're doing in my marriage and what you're doing in my home. There's some mamas right now that wholeness Wholeness is breaking loose today. Woo. Come on, sir. There's a reason why we feel emotional on a Sunday morning. It's not just because we're Pentecostal. It's not just uh, the, the, the name on the sign. It's because God made us to give thanks. God put something inside of us. An expectation to be a giver of thanks. To be a giver of thanks. Woo! Here's what I want us to do. I want us to act in faith right now. 
If you're in the house right now and there is something that when I talk about a need that jumps to your mind, it comes in your mind as quick as I say that. Maybe it's an unsaved loved one. Maybe it's a physical sickness. Maybe it's something that seems to be undone in your life. I'm going to ask you first to give thanks by stepping out into the aisle. You don't even have to come to the front. Just step out somewhere into the middle aisle, into the altar, over to the side. Just take a step somewhere. And I wish there'd be some faith that would rise up and throw your hands up in the air and say, God, I give you thanks. Come on, somebody with a lifted voice. Somebody with a heart of praise. Oh, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Come on, this can be the day for your wholeness. This can be the day for your healing. This can be the key that unlocks everything in my life. Come on, somebody's going to get a quality of life improvement right now. Somebody's going to get a shift in how I view things. Somebody's prayer life is going to change today. Because I'm unlocking the door to everything. And it's to be a giver of thanks. Oh, that's it. That's it. There's a powerful visitation of the Holy Ghost in the house right now. Come on, that's it. There's some husbands helping pray for your wives. There's some mamas that are touching heaven right now. There's some children, there's some hyphenate students that are saying, God, I thank you. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise. You're the one that's worthy of the glory. You're the one that's worthy of the thanks that I give. Woo! Hallelujah! I give you glory, Lord. I give you praise, Lord Jesus. You alone deserve the glory. Come on, this is a house where givers are present. Givers of thanks are present here today. Yes, God, I thank you. Yes, God, I thank you for being a provider. I thank you for being my healer, Lord Jesus. Woo! I give you thanks, God. I give you glory, Lord Jesus. I say there's nobody like you in all of the earth. Nobody like you in all of the earth, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, this is what can unlock everything, brothers and sisters. This is what can unlock everything in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, it's the key. Giving thanks is the key to everything. Peace is going to overwhelm our hearts. Peace is going to invade the anxiety and the stress. I give thanks. I give thanks. I give thanks, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sanctuary Church, I'd like you to look right up here, please. I want to tell you, we've come this far before. And I thank God for that. There's a tremendous anointing in this altar right now. 
But I want you to hear this preacher right now. I'm going to take a risk. We've come this far before. Here's what we're going to do right now. God is getting ready to baptize this house. Hear me what I say in the Holy Ghost right now. God is getting ready to unlock something in the Spirit right now. So we're going to join together corporately and pray that down. Here's why we're going to do it. Listen very close, and please don't move until I tell you to. I want us to get one or maybe two other people. And I want, when I tell you, to join up with them, not just side to side, but I want you to get together with them. And we're going to minister. We're going to let the body of Christ do what the body of Christ was intended to do. And that's to pray with one another, support one another, see a breakthrough come with one another. I'm going to ask, listen very closely, I'm going to ask that there not be one person by themselves right now. So this is going to mean members. We're going to have to look around and make sure before we start praying that we're looking to make sure everybody's connected. Children are connected. Guests are connected to our sweet guests that are here. This is not any time you need to be afraid of right now. I'm going to tell you everything that's going to go on before it happens. We're going to pray together. Simply, we're going to pray together. But I believe God is going to unlock something in our lives. There are people that can be baptized with the Holy Spirit right now. Let me tell you something. It can happen fast. It can happen fast. So before we pray corporally, I wish you would bow your head with me right now. Lord Jesus, I want you to pray. Those of you that know how to pray. Lord Jesus, we're coming right now with an honest and open heart. And we are asking first of all, Lord, that you would search our hearts. You would see if there is any wicked way inside of this guy right here. Lord, I confess my sin. I confess the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And God, I pray that you would forgive me for things I've said, things I've done, ways that I've acted and reacted that have not been according to your word. Lord, forgive me for the way I've dealt with things. Forgive me for putting other things ahead of you, Lord. I repent of that right now. I turn from that right now, Lord. And I thank you that you hear my prayer. I thank you that your word says, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So right now, God, I receive that forgiveness. Woo! I wish there'd be some people that would shoot your hands in the air and just let forgiveness rest on you right now. I wish you'd just thank God for forgiving you what you just prayed about. If we ask in faith, He did forgive us. He did forgive us. That's the word of the Lord. We stand on that word right now. We claim that word in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I believe God's going to give us a breakthrough. I want you to find at least one, maybe two other people. And I want you to join up with them right now. Would you do that? I want us to look around, make sure everybody has somebody. I want you to kind of come up in front of each other. Just kind of join the circle up here. Woo! If it's been a while since God spoke through you in other tongues, it's going to happen right now in the name of Jesus. There's going to come a refreshing. Some of you feel it happening right now. There's going to come a refreshing. There's going to come a filling. There's going to come a joy in your spirit. I wish you would just let the Spirit of God minister right now. 
I want you to join. I want you to pray a breakthrough prayer right now. I want you to be led by the Holy Ghost right now. Would you do that? Would you lay your hand on somebody and begin to pray with them? Pray for them. That's it. That's it. Come on, somebody. This is your morning. This is what you prayed for. This is what you asked God for at night when you didn't think anybody heard you. This is what God planned for your life. Come on, that's it. Body of Christ, minister to the body right now. Let the gifts of the Spirit operate right now. Let the power of God be seen in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. That's it. If you feel to pray for somebody else, go ahead and step out and pray for somebody else. What a great touch of God in this house right now. Come on, that's it. There's a breakthrough. Woo! Come on, heaven's listening to your prayer. Hell is hearing what you're praying about right now. I'm giving thanks, God. I'm giving thanks, Lord Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah, that's it. Come on, we're on holy ground, Sanctuary Church. We're unlocking the key to everything today. Come on, we're gaining spiritual ground right now. Yes, we're gaining spiritual ground right now. We're stepping up a little bit higher right now. Woo! Hey, somebody give thanks. Somebody give thanks. Somebody give thanks. Come on, if you feel led of the Holy Ghost, go ahead and do what you feel in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and step out and do what you feel in the Holy Ghost right now. The power of God's in the house. The glory of God's in the house right now. God, give us spiritual imagination. Give us a spirit of ministry in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. I give you thanks, God. I give you thanks, Lord. I give you thanks, Jesus. I give you the honor that you're worthy of, Lord.